Hello and welcome to a Shot in the Arm podcast. I am your host, Laisha Raphael. We are on air and on the road with the Global Listening Project here in Nairobi, Kenya, with our friends from Shoe Jazz, who have been hosting a two-day training workshop for young people from Nairobi on how to make compelling Oscar and Emmy award-winning content for TikTok, YouTube Shorts, and Instagram. Now, this workshop is a part of a project we have all been working very hard on here in Nairobi and Nigeria with the support of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to see how change Changing gender norms as helping or hindering young people, particularly teenage girls and young women, live their best lives and realize their hopes and dreams. And now I have a special welcome for our guests, um, Claudia Naisabwa and Narayan Mbugwa. I'll give you guys an opportunity to introduce yourselves. I hope I didn't butcher the pronunciation. You didn't. Um, to introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about where you're from and what you do. Um, Claudia, you can okay. start. Okay, yeah. because I was like, yeah, you should let the lady start. <laughs> yeah. um, hello, I am Claudia Naisabwa, a media personality and content creator in Kenya. I'm 21 years old. Um, I'm from Samburu County, and I'm also a founder of Claudia Naisabwa Initiative that supports young girls in Samburu County. Okay, thank you. Hey, hey, my name is Naran Buga. I'm an artist, and I'm in shoe jazz, and I'm a writer. Okay, since we are all young people and I suppose people would say that we are the first generation of young adults to come out of the COVID-19 lockdown. Mm. I remember, I know we all have like flashbacks from <laughs> what a time it, it was. Um, but can you tell me how that has affected your hopes and dreams? And we can start with you. I mean, what COVID did really is mm. just really show us that you can never really know what's coming. And it forced everybody to go back to a space where they needed to sort of reinvent themselves with the lockdowns. You had so much time on your hands. So that really gave me personally a lot of time to go inside and discover things that I could do, that I could, that I could take advantage of that I wasn't doing before. And now coming out of it, I'm really glad we, we no longer have the lockdowns because now you get to understand what freedom really is yeah. <laughs> when you have to be in the house by 7 p.m. And, and normally maybe that's when you're going out to look for dinner. I think you value freedom more and you value the things that you had that you were taking for granted. And also now you, for me, I saw opportunities I wasn't taking advantage of and I want to do that more now that there's freedom to move around, associate, yeah. So it really made you actually appreciate and see yeah. freedom in a different light. Because I know us as the youth have like a different opinion of what oh, freedom yeah. is compared to our parents' generation. Yeah. But when we're on lockdown, we're like, yeah, we're locked in for real. Um, yeah, you can go ahead, Claudia. Um, as for me, I think during the COVID period, actually so much happened in my life. Mm. And this whole time, I was actually in Samburu for like five months because my mom was really scared of um, us getting corona. She was like, oh, Nairobi's not safe, so let me take you to the village. And I was in the village for five months. I had time to think about a lot of things, the decisions I was going to make in my life. And then during that time, I also got to fix relationships uh, with family, with friends. Um, I, I got to a place where I understood Claudia more. I knew what she wanted. So when TikTok started and guys were big on social media and they were posting videos on TikTok. That's actually where I blew up first. So for me, 
COVID really did a lot for my personal growth and also for my career. Mm. So that time, and now that um, we're done with the whole COVID thing, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and um, it's post-COVID. I can say the lessons that I learned and the things that I went through through during that time has made me a better person. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, all I did was sleep. But thanks, guys. <laughs> you inspired me. <laughs> yeah, that's um, it, that's it. So, Narayan, you were particularly, because you are part of the Shoe Jazz team, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, we've been doing these content creation workshops over the past two days. What would you? What has your experience been, been especially being a part of the team and also um, interacting with these young people, yeah. you know, giving them the skills, empowering them, and also having certain conversations with them? How has that experience been for you? Uh, Ideally, you want these people to be content creators. So you're thinking about what are some of the conversations we need to have to trigger that inspiration in them. Um, so it's been amazing. It's been amazing, especially when I met them. Because, you know, there's a pre-planning before you meet them. And then you're wondering, because there's a lot of anxiety. Like, who, who is it going to be? What are their interests? But now when you meet them, and it's people who are really just looking to do something with what they have. Mm. So I got to see a lot of potential. Uh, it's interesting to see the reception of everything that we were putting together. And they were really interested and even follow, follow up questions. Because mm. so, now you see, they really want to be content creators and they really want to have a voice. And all of them sort of have identified something they want to talk about. Like I was talking to um, Carlos, who who is based, who who who's part of a community-based organization and they're volunteers. And he wants to, to do that, but with a content creator lens. So it's, they already know what they want and they already know what, where they want to go. They just needed a little push or like a boost in confidence. And I believe they got that. And the feedback we got today was really inspiring for us who organize everything because it means they, they actually got the inspiration we needed for them to get. And that's so awesome. Especially today, seeing them with the parting shots, them really being really grateful, that for me felt like success, given all the planning that's gone into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can say I was here from day one of the content creation workshops, that is, and seeing how they came in with a little bit of uncertainty. And by the end of it, I mean, they had videos that they produced. And I'm like, hey, it wouldn't have taken me two days to learn how to use TikTok. It took me a little bit longer than that. But speaking of TikTok, where you say you blew up and content creation, um, how important is digital and social media to you? Because, I mean... We use it for connecting with friends, entertainment, education, information. But for you, it's also a work platform. And so how important is it for you that you have that access to digital and social media? So I think it's actually really important. I am where I am today because of social media and digital platforms. If I had not done what I did, if I had not shown guys what I'm capable of doing, no one would have ever paid attention to me. They're like, oh, this is just another young girl who has dreams and she's not putting in effort. So social media, digital platforms give us a platform to showcase our talents, um, to reach our target audience. Because what I do, I do, I do it for fun. Mm -hmm. So if someone enjoys what I do and you think that you want me to probably push a campaign for you, and just be 
the realest version of myself, then yeah, I'll do that. And if I'm making money on top of that, then yes. Yeah, I think I, I, I love hearing that, the fact that you're saying what I do, I do it for fun. It's I think that I, that's the gripe that maybe the older yeah. generation has for us because yeah. we like we at work and we at fu- we're having fun. And for them, like work is supposed to be this thing where it's like, oh, nine to five. I'm so sad, depressed. But for us, we like it's TikTok scrolling all day, Instagram yeah. scrolling, watching videos, doing what we enjoy. And there's still purpose behind that. And I also want to hear from you, Narayan. What, um, how important is social and digital media to you? So I'm just going to go back to the people I was talking to. Mm-hmm. And some of the boys raised concerns about there not being enough mes- sort of a messaging for young men on, on things like mental health they're really struggling with. And they were looking for like a counselor who could come into a room and help them. But then I was having a convo with them and we were thinking about how can we create stories and have them shared on digital spaces where they can reach more people and where they can have more impact and where, because we can create these digital communities and get to serve the needs that we feel we are not getting uh, from the other things. So I feel like in terms of impact, it's really important, especially now. You can't connect with so many people at a personal level one-on-one. But then using digital then, even for an artist, you can connect with so many people and you can you can have conversations that are deep and meaningful. And for me, that's what I think makes social media and the digital space so important. The fact that you can have scale in terms of the conversations you're having. I, I like that, the fact that, you know, you're, you mentioned that, you know, they some of the participants that you are speaking to and helping, that they said there's not really a space for young men's mental health on yeah. social media. And there really isn't. And yeah. if you make that kind of content, it's a community that you're starting a mm-hmm. yeah. and a platform that you're creating. And that brings me to a might be controversial topic that was brought up kind of to be a conversation starter and okay. a little bit of inspiration for our participants mm-hmm. on maybe the kind of content that they would like to make. Um, as much as it's fun, I mean, there can also be some meaningful stuff to it as yeah. well. Yeah. So the statement went, and it was just on the board written there. Okay. Men are the providers. Now, I have my own opinions <laughs> on that, but I want to know what you guys think about that particular statement. And I can see you smiling, so I know you have something to say. So you can go ahead and um, tell me what you think about that particular statement. Men are the providers. Mm. In the 21st century. Yeah, they are the providers. Um, I think we all have roles to play in life. And I'm not going to say a man should be the only one providing. If your partner can help out, then yeah. If one time it's the lady who has and the man doesn't, that role will be assigned to the lady. So it's not really a gender thing. It's if you're able to, then do it. And let me speak for myself. Mm, No, speak for (laughs) yourself. My own opinion. I don't want someone who's a provider. Mm. As a lady. 
preach because I mean, it doesn't want a provider. <laughs> but but I, I hear what you're saying as well, that I mean, the person that has the capacity yeah. should be the one to step up, say, in a relationship mm. or a family, you know, to do the providing. But I think um, sometimes we always think about providing in terms of a financial aspect. Mm -hmm. And I think there's different ways of providing. Tell me about I mean, it. it can be the emotional labor, mm -hmm. the actual physical labor that is done in a household or a family. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to know from you before we dive deeper into that. What do you think of that? Especially as a man. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, we're here telling you, put the card. Yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like this generation is mm. at a really tough point because there's all this information from the past. Mm. And then there's all this new information you're learning and yeah. it's not aligning. Yeah. And you need to sort of have a direction at a personal level. But, so, so given that question this day, it's not right to say men are the providers. Mm. Um, so like for instance, she is uh, doing a thing on her own and she's making money, sorry. And she's making money. So in a household before she even got married, she's providing for herself. Yeah. And I don't think that that's dropped when she's in a relationship. Because I don't think the man then assumes all your responsibilities. But you just um, do it in a different capacity. But you still are providing. So it's not right yeah. to say men are the providers then because you're also providing. True. I think it's the label, as you said, because mm. this is how we look at providing then. Because mm -hmm. then if it's giving money for for food, because that's what we think providing is. Mm -hmm. But even that women are doing. So I don't think there's a particular person responsible. I just think, because now there's many factors if mm -hmm. they're, they're like jobless or there's so many variables, but I think there's no label as to this is a provider and it's purely supposed to be contextual. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. Um, and I mean, obviously I've been saying that I've been part of the workshops, observing a little bit, participating a little bit where I could. Um, but when we asked this question, the sentiment kind of was a little bit that, hey, this statement is speaking facts. But there was also a lot on what you said that both on social media and in real life, there isn't a space for men and young men to be vulnerable mm -hmm. about mental health, about their struggles. Yeah. And I can't say what the word on the street is, <laughs> but it's like, how, how do those two things play hand in hand? I mean, we're saying that there's no space for men to be vulnerable, but we are being very strong about the fact that men should be the providers or that yeah. men are the providers. Mm -hmm. And doesn't that have an impact? And I don't know, sh what, what can we do about it? What is the conversation or what can be said, you know, to be like, okay, well, here's the balance or here's how we alleviate mm -hmm. the pressure from one side to another. Mm -hmm. You can go Because yeah. yeah, there's a lot of burden on the guy, mm. on the man. Mm. Because there's what you're being told. Because mm. mm -hmm. it's, it's so confusing, even for the boy then, because girls have been empowered and girls want to be, they should be mm. treated equally to men, right? Mm. And then you're being told, but you're the head, but then she is now equal to you. So it's so confusing then because now society expects you to, to be something that you're not fully sure how to be. So... So how do you deal with someone who is, is, because ideally it's so confusing. That's, that's, that's the point I want to mm -hmm. pass across. It's so confusing when the expectations 
of the society do not sort of align with your reality. And so you're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be financially fit. You're supposed to provide. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes even your context, even your, your circumstances doesn't allow for you to do that. Mm -hmm. So you start to question your manhood. You question your identity, your value. So it's so confusing because so many expectations, but then there's no room for dialogue. Mm. There's no room for, for you to even push back because you because you now are afraid to come off as weak when mm -hmm. you can't provide for, for, for your for your girlfriend, for instance. So so it's so confusing, but I feel like like I said in at the beginning, there's so much information, but then we haven't quite thought about what that means. So there's new information on equality, but how does that trans how does that translate in a relationship? Mm. What does that mean now? Is it now you both provide 50-50? Uh, do you have equal say? What what is, what does it mean to even like have equal rights within a relationship? I actually think um it's more of when it comes to the relationship aspect, it's more of an understanding. Yeah. So don't say it's 50-50. Have an understanding. Say, um, so you'll do this, I'll do this. And when you can't do this, I'll be able to do this. So also, um, I think saying um, a man should not be vulnerable is really toxic. Men should be allowed to be vulnerable. Mm. Think of it as, I have young uh, younger siblings who are twins and they're both boys so if someone tells me that my brother is not allowed to cry or feel bad about something hey no he's allowed to feel everything because we are humans mm. we have emotions i tell people in um my space my friends anyone who's around me you need to feel what you're feeling allow yourself to feel that so if you feel hurt Take time off, process that emotion. So men should be vulnerable. If anyone tells you otherwise, please just cut them off. They have no business being in your life because that's really toxic. Is, mm. The thing is you get both messages because you're told to be vulnerable. It's okay to cry. And then in another context, you're told you be a man. Mm. So it's so confusing because now you need to decide. I think these are yeah. things that were put in our heads yeah. while we were growing up yeah. because of our environment, um, the society. And yeah, times have changed. That's not the reality. And I think that's why we need to sort of not align. What's the new way? Because mm. that's the old way. That's, that's the old way. You know, like men don't cry. Men are the providers. But what's this new way? Because there's new information that's shown that men should be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But how are we using that new information to inform our new beliefs? Do we have any new beliefs or do we still have the old beliefs that prescribe to the old thinking? So that's the thing, because now in the middle, there's new info, there's old info. Mm -hmm. You don't know where to go. And then there's us, the and, dilemma. And then there's the, the, the people <laughs> in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and I think that's what this conversation is a little bit about. I mean, it's like you say, old information and new information. The societal expectations mm -hmm. of back then and now are clashing. And mm -hmm. sometimes they don't make sense yeah. because, I mean, there's a lot to be said because, you know, people always say, like you're saying on social media, people will be like, oh, men should be vulnerable. But you see someone posting like, oh, my boyfriend broke down in front of me and I didn't know what to do. I just looked at him <laughs> like he was crazy. And it's like, are you really even allowing him to be vulnerable in that space? Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, you guys, you guys are totally right. And I 
can't say mm-hmm. for sure that anyone watching this will get the answer, but I think it will start a conversation yeah. in True. their heads. And yeah. I think um, we should all do this from a personal point. Mm. So we know what uh, has been instilled in us growing up and we know what we acquire along the way as we get older. So we should be able to evaluate mm. and say, this works for me, this does not work for me. We should able to we should be able to weigh things and say, okay, so this one makes more sense. This one does not make more sense. So don't ever um for for I think this kind of this kind of um conversation, do not ever look or compare with someone else's situation. Deal with this as a personal matter mm. because you're going through it as an individual. Mm. I yeah. think the only way to achieve that is there's, if there's agency in the individual because mm. that's the only way you're going to be able to dismiss people's opinions because now there's a society you exist in mm-hmm. and, and there's how they perceive you. So if you care so much about that, even this new information you receive, you're going to be afraid to use it because mm-hmm. you'll think no one else is using it mm-hmm. and you'll be afraid to be different. Yeah. So you need to be confident that you're right and that this is what you feel is right and because unless you you're confident in that you're still gonna be listening to everybody and doing what everybody wants you to do okay no that that's so true and like you say agency is important for both Mm -hmm. young men and young women you have to have the confidence to know that the choices you make are your own and you're not being influenced and not that you won't be judged you definitely (laughs) will be judged oh yeah there's that but people will be mad they will be mad (laughs) yeah no people get especially mad when you're doing something for yourself and they know that it's for yourself because all of a sudden it's not for their viewing pleasure your life is not for their viewing pleasure it's just for your personal enjoyment like i made this decision i mean shed a tear shed a tear guys it will keep a lot of things, you know, mm-hmm. let, let the emotion out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know um, from you, Narayan, yeah. um, the workshop training. Um, what was the process like for you? I mean, going through day one, day two, starting from scratch and at the end, um, obviously them having the assignment. But before yeah. you gave them the assignment, yeah. they had that preliminary test of content yeah Yeah, yeah. um what was that process like for you guys as the shujas team i guess we're really excited because we as shujas are storytellers and what this workshop meant was we are armoring other storytellers to be better storytellers and then because ideally when you have this because we believe in young people so that's young people who have now become better storytellers as a result of the workshop so that in itself is a really proud moment. Uh, but th- most of the pride is in seeing them and in seeing that transformation within just two days. So seeing someone come in so green with just the interest, no skills whatsoever, and then seeing them leave just enough to give them confidence to get started. Mm. That for me was the biggest boost in, in confidence that this was really a good thing. It's it's nice to hear that. I especially just like the fact, like like we said, they came in here not really knowing what was going on, but when yeah. they left, they knew that, okay, and I think there's a competition as well. Like You gamified it. Yeah, you <laughs> gamified it, and that's going to make it interesting. I mean, yeah, it's not yeah. like, oh, homework. It's like, Because okay. the challenge for them is to go out there and create content. Mm. Uh, we give them just the basics, guidelines, mm. and we had very interactive sessions. They asked questions. So there's a lot of feedback we gave them in terms of how they can better shoot, better edit. Mm. And so, so we, we gamified it so that uh, the one with the best 
TikTok was also TikTok. Mm -hmm. Only the best TikTok video in terms of engagement gets a prize. So this just sort of to fuel the fire mm -hmm. and give them just a boost in in morale and just the energy. Mm -hmm. But they're really enthusiastic about it, and they were even asking if they can start immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then you're like, yeah, you have three weeks to do it, so mm -hmm. so you you pace yourself. Yeah. No, I I like that, and I want to hear from you, Claudia, because like mm -hmm. you say, you got your spot on TikTok, and yeah. this workshop was mainly about TikTok. I mean. You can always take your content onto different platforms. Mm -hmm. But on the topic of TikTok, um, what advice maybe if our participants watch this or any young person who is feeling a little bit apprehensive about, mm -hmm. about creating content or sharing their story on social media, you being someone that blew up and just started on your own, what advice would you give to help them get started or find the motivation or inspiration? So first of all, do what makes you happy mm. and by that i mean do whatever makes you happy so if you like dancing if you like singing just do it i think people enjoy what you do if you enjoy it first yeah if they find you if 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 you look like you're forcing issues people won't really pay attention to you they'll think okay you're too much you need to calm down but if they see you're enjoying what you're doing and you love what you're doing they'll also love what you are doing because they'll see the passion in it right um two is be consistent yeah and be consistent and do it for you don't do it for people once you start doing it for people you've lost the plot mm. so be consistent and do it for you and three you just need to be very confident for you to start something so gather up that confidence because you really need it um you'll get a lot of negative comments mm. you'll get positive comments you'll get comments of people who are trying to understand okay so <laughs> what are you doing here? yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what exactly are you doing yeah. and no one really understands what you're doing and no one sees your vision you're the only one who sees it everyone has has their own personal journey so if you are into content creation take those three things and run with it yeah and and i like what you say you know do what you find fun i can't dance i can't <laughs> sing so ASMR it is for me. <laughs> what what you find fun, okay? So um mm. I, I I like that and you know on the topic of social media we are about to reach a little bit towards the end. Mm -hmm. Um I want people who are watching, I know you said you're not active but I think you can gain some followers, okay? You're trying to build your social media <laughs> yeah, profile. Yeah, I'm going to so, take that. Yeah, please shout out your social media so people know yeah. where to find you and maybe also learn a little bit more about Shujaz so you can also shout out Shujaz and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah and then you you'll shout out your media as well Claudia so okay. you guys can go ahead you can go Narayan okay my name is Narayan Bugo that's my handle on Instagram um Facebook though it's no longer active <laughs> um by not surprise yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah for Shujaz i mean i love Shujaz that's why i work here Um mm. we share stories about young people. I'm a storyteller. I identify with that. And Shujas you can find them on Shujas Kenya um on all platforms. Mm. Yeah. No, I follow Shujas Kenya and Shujaz they have Kenya. very interesting content even yeah. though I have to improve my Swahili but very interesting yeah, content yeah. nonetheless. <laughs> and then give them a shout out. We need to make sure we get to 1 million. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. first of all, let me just give Shujas. Uh 
their flowers. Mm. I have grown up reading the comic books. I I used to wait for the Saturday paper. I was I seriously waiting. And um even when I went to boarding school, uh, once we get the paper we passed um to the rest of the class so we have a whole line so after you it's me yeah oh so two more people before me yeah, yeah. that's how much we we were really um excited about Shujas and i believe the excitement is still there so thank you for that thank you for yeah, yeah. actually today i saw this comic books and i was like oh my god yeah. my inner child is being yeah. let out and i was so happy and i'm happy to be here so if you want to find me on social media you can find me at claudia nisabwa on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Threads. I don't know if guys are still on Threads. Um and you can also follow my initiative at Cloudenesaba Initiative, CN_initiative on Instagram. I promise you we are doing the best that we can to change lives. Yeah, and before we go, tell us a little bit more about your initiative. All right, so we are uh, deal with young girls in Samburu. Right now, we have a teenage pregnancy crisis a proper one with uh, so we're trying to deal with that we go to schools we talk to young girls i'm currently dealing with two boarding schools um for girls two mixed schools and one primary school this is in samburu west constituency i've been there before we are trying to talk to them give them um change their mindset because it's i think it's a mindset thing for for sure and coming from that community i've been in those schools so i understand their challenges and everything we are doing we're trying to work on the problems that we have we're trying to empower young girls and hopefully we will hopefully we'll get um sponsorships along the way that will help us mm. because in the long run i want to build um boarding schools for girls because girls are exposed to so much especially girls who um go to day schools mm. they are exposed to a lot um can i can i tell you guys my short short story yeah sure um, go for it there's a there's a school in um Samburu West constituency and girls it's it's a bit of a distance but it's closer to town so majority of the girls who attend that school of course are not from well off homes so they'd have to trek to get to school and sometimes they have to sleep in town so that they can get to that school and up until i think a few months ago um they didn't have they didn't have a dormitory so we are hoping and you see what if that dormitory is there then it reduces a lot you're reducing the risks of just pregnancy because you'll find a, a a small girl in town at night and the dangers Mm. are crazy and we don't want to expose them to that. So that's what we're trying to work on. We also deal with young moms who have dropped out of school. Um I've done my reports, I've done my research. So slowly we are helping girls become better. We say we are our sister's keeper. Mm. So anytime um we go to these schools, we tell these girls to be responsible for each other because you might not share with your family you might not share with your male friends your uncles your cousins your mom mm. but you can share with a close girlfriend right mm. we know what we talk yeah, about yeah exactly yeah so would be really so we're just basically pushing for our girls to get out there make something of themselves and just break out 
No, I like that. I mean, I am my sister's keeper. I don't have any yes, biological yes, sisters, yes. but I am my sister's keeper. And I think we should take that with us. I mean, we've had a lovely conversation about content creation, mental health, yeah. um, whether men are the providers or not. <laughs> we still don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'd like to say thank you to yeah. my guests because you guys have just been wonderful and open. And that is what I've I, I wanted for this podcast. Um, thank you to Shujaz and the team. Thank you, uh, thank you to Giraffe and the Kenya production. You guys have been great and amazing. And also thank you to our executive director, Eric Espera from Newstock Media and our producer, Ben Plumley. Finally, a big thanks to you who are watching and listening. As always, please don't forget to subscribe and give us five stars. Um, <laughs> that's been me, Waisha Rafael, your host, signing out for the Global Listening Project here in Nairobi, Kenya.